Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners once again today. How thankful we are to be able to be here with you and that you are able to be there with us. We're thankful that so many of you want to be there with us on a regular basis. You tune in regularly. You listen all the time. Many of you every day are close to it. But we're thankful for all of those others also who listen maybe not every day because they don't have the opportunity, but they listen very frequently. And they are glad to have the opportunity to study God's Word along with us here on Search the Scriptures. There are others who listen much less frequently because their schedules do not allow them, but they pick us up from time to time. And we even hear from some of them, and we appreciate their responses, their communication with us. And then there are always new listeners, and we're thankful for you as well. And if you are listening for the very first time, our prayer and our hope is that you will very quickly pick up on the fact that what we do on this program is described very accurately by the title of the program, the name of the program, Search the Scriptures. That's exactly what we do. We dig deep into God's Word. We look at it in detail. We try to get into the meatier matters. We get below the surface. We try to see the probably the greater richness of what God's Word has there for us instead of just looking at it from a surface-level perspective where we kind of read over it and then pass on to the next text. We want to help you see the depth of what God has communicated to us through his word. Now, we try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand, and it makes sense for your daily life. We want to help you to be able to come closer to God. And that begins, of course, with faith, or it is necessary to have faith to do that. And faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So as we help you learn God's word more fully, then we should be helping you grow stronger in your faith. And as your faith grows stronger, you should want to come closer to God. And our prayer is that ultimately you will want to come all the way to God, all the way to him, his way, through Jesus Christ, his son, your Lord and Savior repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins. At which point, the blood that he shed on the cross so long ago is still 100% effective to cleanse you of the guilt of your sins and to bring you into the point of rebirth, reborn, made new, as Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. And as Jesus told Nicodemus, born again, got that new start in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are indeed for you, and we do pray for you. Now, at the end of the program, we'll tell you how to contact us. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. And you can write down that information, and then we want to encourage you. We invite you, but we also want to encourage you to contact us and ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. It is absolutely free. We never charge anybody anything to teach them God's Word. We'll be glad to send it to you, and we'll even take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, again, free. 
absolutely free, we'll take care of the postage. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. And you can jot down that information at the end of the program and then contact us. We want to hear from you. We also want to make you aware. Now, those who have been listening for quite some time have already heard this, but we probably don't mention it enough. We would invite you to take advantage of our website, www.churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. On that website, there are many sermons that are loaded there. You can download those and listen to those. There are many articles on spiritual matters that you can download or you can just pull up right there on the website and you can read through them. Uh, Lots of information, lots of material there, lots of radio programs that are archived there that you can go back and listen to and study a little further along through. So www.churchofchrist.com and again, no charge for using our website for taking advantage of all the materials that are there. We'd love to hear from you, and so when you write down that information, how to contact us, if you have questions or thoughts or comments, feel free to use that information to communicate those to us. We'd love to hear from you. In our last program, we began a new study asking the question, what should we do? Now, the specific application of this question has to do with criticism. Criticism. Well, criticism is a normal feature of life in this world. And as we said, some criticism is what we call constructive criticism. It is meant to point out a mistake, perhaps, or simply a better way of doing something so that we can do whatever it is we're doing better. Somebody trying to show us a better way or pointing out a mistake so that it can be corrected and we can do better. That's constructive criticism, meant to help us. Then, as we said, sometimes criticism is neutral. It is maybe just uh, a comment or a statement about something observed that is noticed by somebody Without much first-hand knowledge or concern, they simply realize that this is a mistake here and just wanted to let you know. They're pointing out something that could be done better, perhaps, and they really have no interest in whoever it is pursuing this particular task. They're just pointing out this was a mistake or this could be done better, and it's just neutral criticism. They're not trying to build somebody up. They're just pointing out a mistake, basically, or a flaw, maybe. And then there's, and this is what we really want to focus on in this study, and there is destructive criticism. And this is criticism that is intended to point out error or a problem with the intent of emotional hurt and even possible damage to a person's integrity. So they want to cause pain through their criticism. They're intending to hurt the person they're criticizing. So that's an ungodly motive. And this is a very negative kind of criticism, obviously. And it is usually born out of a bad, bad motive. What should a Christian do when confronted with destructive criticism about his or her Christian beliefs and practices? 
Now in our last program, as we introduced this particular course of study, we talked about how God hates the misuse of the tongue in a number of ways, like lying and stirring up strife in an ungodly fashion. We saw how we need to love one another as Christians as Christ loved us, and that that love for one another as true Christians can be a great evidence, a shining light, if you would, to those who are not Christians all around us. So we looked at the error, the ungodliness of destructive criticism, and we saw that that is against God's will. In fact, it could even fall into a several classifications of things that God hates, that he finds an abomination in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. So we need to steer clear of anything like that that could be ungodly. We can point out mistakes in people's lives. In some cases, that's needed to be done. But we need to do it with the proper motive, with a godly motive, and not an ungodly motive. So for the rest of this study, we want to ask the question, again, what should a Christian do when confronted with destructive criticism and particularly about his or her Christian beliefs and practices. There are a lot of people out there criticizing Christianity, criticizing Christians. It seems that atheists are becoming more numerous and more bold to try to, in, in really ugly, hurtful, destructive ways, trying to criticize the very belief in God. How do we do? Or what do we do? How do we respond to that kind of thing? Or what do we do? How do we respond to somebody who criticizes a particular doctrinal understanding and position that we believe the scriptures teach, but that does not go along with what they believe or what they want to hear? An initial response is often in order to destructive criticism. Now, sometimes it might be best to just walk away because of the nature of what is being done and the character of the person who is doing it. But many times, an initial response is in order. But it should always be done in a scriptural, Christian manner. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, we read this. Paul says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith, the faith. In other words, whether you are really following the teachings of God's word, if you're correct in what you're believing and practicing and perhaps even teaching. So examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? So we need to stop and ask ourselves when somebody criticizes us about something that we believe or some way that we conduct ourselves as Christians in serving God, we need to stop and ask ourselves, okay, is this a just criticism? Am I correct in God's eyes in doing whatever it is I'm doing, in living the way that I'm living, in 
teaching what I'm teaching as his word. So we need to honestly assess as to whether the basis, not the motive of the destructive criticism, but the basis for that criticism is accurate. Now, it could be accurate, but the motive could be completely wrong. But we still need to ask ourselves, okay, is there a basis for what this person is saying about me? or about what I believe, or about what I teach, or about how I live my life and conduct myself as a Christian before God. We need to always do a self-assessment on a regular basis. This is not the only place in the New Testament where we're instructed to examine ourselves. We need to do that on an ongoing basis. It needs to be a regular, repeated exercise in our Christian lives. Because we need to not just follow God some way, we need to follow God his way. And in order to be sure that we're doing that his way, we need to know what his way is. And we need to always examine how we're following him based upon what his word teaches that we should be doing in following him. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. The second thing that we need to do after examining ourselves and seeing if the basis of this negative, destructive criticism is accurate, then the second thing we need to do is we need to keep in our mind to never return evil for evil. The devil's really skillful. Don't let him suck you in through unjust critics or ungodly critics with ungodly motives to end up responding in an equally ungodly manner. I've tried to teach teenagers over the years, when you're confronted with a bully or you're confronted with somebody trying to egg you into a fight, it takes real strength to walk away. And I've tried to tell them, anybody can start throwing fists. doesn't take a whole lot of strength to do that. But real character is demonstrated when a person can look at that person and realize this is not what I need to be doing and just walk away. And in that way, defuse the situation to a great extent many times. So never return evil for evil. Don't let the devil suck you in through ungodly critics with an ungodly motive to you ending up responding in an equally ungodly manner. In Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 16, we read as follows. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, Live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
Boy, Paul says a mouthful in those few verses about Christian character. You see, we're supposed to, as Christians, be examples to the world around us. That's largely what the Beatitudes are talking about in Matthew chapter 5. And when you get beyond the Beatitudes, Jesus is very specific in saying that we're supposed to be the salt of the earth. Well, salt is supposed to season things and preserve, make things better. And he goes on and says, you're the light of the world, and that we're supposed to let our light so shine that others may see our good works and bring glory to God, verses 16 through 19 in Matthew chapter 5. Well, Let's begin to look at what Paul lays out here in this particular text in Romans chapter 12. Notice that he says in verse 16, Do not set your mind on high things. Now the idea here is to not be high-minded, arrogant, seeking prestige, seeking self-glory, basically being a snob. (laughs) Don't you hate being around people who are acting in a snobbish way. When we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 6, the Apostle Paul, and he's writing this to a congregation that is having some real problems with division within the congregation, with attitudes toward one another. And some of those attitudes seem to be demeaning attitudes toward one another. And yet they're claiming to be Christians. Well, in verse 6 of chapter 4, Paul says, Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos. Apollos was another gospel preacher who worked with the congregation at Corinth after Paul worked with the congregation at Corinth. So he says, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes these things that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written. Now first, am I living according to what God's Word says? Am I living by what is written in God's Word? Now that's that self-assessment, self-examination that we're talking about. All right, Paul, he preached the gospel to the people at Corinth. Apollos preached the gospel to the people at Corinth. The people at Corinth were getting all caught up into... uh, personal feelings, and uh, again, some arrogance and egotism. Paul says here not to think beyond what is written. Let the scriptures be our guide. Again, in 2, Corinthians, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, Paul said all scripture is given by inspiration of God, meaning in the, in the Greek, the original language, God breathed. In other words, God's very word. He goes on and says, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So God's word is key. That's the standard. That's the guideline. That's the roadmap. Now Paul goes on in that sixth verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and he says, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. Puffed up. Well, again, arrogant, prideful. We should not have a, an ungodly pride 
that we exhibit in the way we conduct ourselves, in the way that we live, in the way that we talk, in the way that we think about others, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to not be arrogant. We need to not be puffed up. We need to not be a snob. Probably every one of us has been around people who act like that, and it's a real turnoff, isn't it? Well, if it's a real turnoff to be around other people who act like that, remember that it's equally as much a turnoff if you act like that around other people. Don't go around being high-minded. Don't go around seeking self-glory and trying to build up your own prestige, especially by tearing somebody else down in the process. You don't build up your character by attacking in an ungodly way, somebody else's character. And especially if what you're saying is not true or is shaded in a way that makes it ungodly on the surface. You see, we need to be careful. And again, we need to continually examine ourselves. This is a really good text of scripture that Paul lays out for us. And it it, it really lays out some instructions that are not necessarily natural for us to follow. We would often respond to destructive criticism in a, well, maybe in a prideful way, but but even in a violent way. We've been attacked. We attack back, at least equally so and maybe even with greater force. Well, that's not necessarily the way a Christian should respond, even to destructive criticism. Is it valid on the basis, not the motive, but is the basis valid? Now, if we rule that out and say, no, what they're saying is not true, well, then how do we respond? Okay, let's make sure that we're not going to be arrogant that we're not going to get sucked in to ungodly behavior in responding to their ungodly behavior. Don't set our mind on high things. Don't seek our self-glory. Don't be a snob. In our next program, we'll continue looking at Paul's instructions in this text in Romans chapter 12, verses 16 through 21, and making the applications to our Christian character as to how, in particular, we should respond to others who are unjustly criticizing us. We do hope you'll write down the information that we'll give you in just a moment as to how to contact us, and then contact us. Ask for that free Bible study. It can literally change your life for eternity. And we'd love to send you a copy of today's program on CD. And again, for free, and all of this is free, and we'll even take care of the postage. We'd love to hear from you right away.